welcome everyone to this episode of the Palmetto Guardian. I'm Sergeant Chelsea Baker. I'm Specialist Flonasia Niels. And today we have an unfamiliar face, but we're excited to have her here because a lot of people don't know who she is and her position, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, Chief, I'm going to have you introduce yourself to everybody. So, <laughs> I'm Chief Master Sergeant Camille Caldwell. I'm the Command Senior Enlisted Leader for the State of South Carolina. Just newly appointed, had the ceremony in August of 2021. And I'm just excited to be here and be able to allow people to put face to a name if they have not, you know, heard of my appointment. And so just would love to, to sit and chat with everyone today just to get messages out. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you coming here. Um, Sergeant Major Kaiser was supposed to come as well, but he got stuck in meetings. So we're glad that you still were able to stop in and have this conversation with us. So thank you. Yes, I always escape meetings. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell anybody where you're, you're right, going. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come looking for her in the studio because she's right. not here. Right. I just uh, tell them I got that Air Force thing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, before we go into the, the main topic, can you kind of explain what um, the State Command Senior Enlisted Advisor position kind of is? I know that we were talking beforehand, and you're still a little confused as well, but just kind of to explain <laughs> to everybody in lame's terms of what that looks like, I guess. All right. The command senior enlisted leader position is um, one that not all the states have. Out of 50 states, I believe there's like maybe 33 or 34 that have a command senior enlisted leader. And um, based on the numbers for Army, it's usually an Army appointee. So I'm the first for the South Carolina um, on the Air Force side. And um, it's newly appointed to us, but it's a joint position where it's working with the state command chief for the Air Force and also working with the state command senior, uh, sergeant major for the Army, and we just collectively work on enlisted matters. So I directly work for the TAG, and of course the, the command sergeant major works directly for General Jenkins and um, state the state command chief which is Chief Carr, he works directly for General Gandhi because he was also promoted. Um, so, yeah, so the three of us collectively, we work on enlisted matters. So um, development, um, just making sure we're taking care of our airmen and soldiers, finding out what the needs are, and just making sure, one, that we get the mission accomplished, but outside of the mission, how do we grow our, our forces? How do we make sure people um, stay, the retention? You know, what's driving folks to, to um, not want to stay? Well, how do we get after that? So, yes, we have to fight the wars, we have to do the TDYs, we have to do our jobs, but outside of those shops, like when you guys leave your shop, you know, what is is your passion? Everybody joined for a reason, and it's just a matter of, you know, uh, are we meeting that need for why they joined? Some, of course, to get away from home, you know, maybe there wasn't college opportunities, things like that, and they want to go to school, and then you're finding some folks that come in, and they don't have those opportunities to go to school where the money's there, but their job is so demanding that they don't have um, the time to go to school. So how do we get after those issues to move some of those obstacles out of the way so that way we can, you know, do both where we're maintaining the mission but maintaining that soldier and airman also so that way they want to stay. Because not everybody, of course, wants to do 20 years. Mm -hmm. But sometimes how can we change that and keep that talent that we have? Because, again, everyone wearing this uniform, I'm proud, you know, to wear it after, you know, over 33 years. I'm proud to wear it, and I'm trying to make sure that passion is there for others to want to stay in and um, have our country proud. Awesome. Well, one thing, so I, going to your ceremony, um, I loved when you were addressing everybody and your speech and all that, and you said your main mission with this position was to address mental health in the National Guard, Air Force, and Army. 
because like you said, we're joint. And I think a lot of people, um, because we have so much army on here, the Air Force kind of gets left in the shadows a little bit and we try to bring them in as much as we can, but we're so army heavy. So that really resonated with me that that was your main focus being appointed this position is how can we fix this problem as a joint coming together? Um, so the main topic, I guess, is pretty much suicide prevention, which we already talked with Sergeant Major Kaiser about. September is Suicide Awareness Month, but we've said time and time again, this is something that we should be talking about throughout the whole year, not just towards a specific month, because it's something that everybody deals with on a daily basis. But where are, are there things that you're already doing in place to fulfill that um, purpose, or are there goals that you're trying to reach and things you're still trying to figure out to get to that end goal? I would say both. Um, I have um, already in place, we have service member family care in mm -hmm. place, and I'm trying to familiarize myself more with the resources available. Because the last thing I want with us as leaders is to ask people to get help and then find that finding out the specific help that they need is not something that's available. Maybe it's because of uh, a status issue, like the member's not, um, is a traditional. Mm -hmm. So maybe they need to be put on orders to get the help. Um, so I, so that's one of the things that I'm finding out. Um, we do have some obstacles, and how do we overcome those obstacles to make sure we're still taking care of our folks? Um, because, oh, again, we only see a lot of these people one week in a month, mm -hmm. okay? What's happening those other 28 days? And so when we come to drills, we're trying to catch up pretty much on what people, you know, have done that last month, but also we're trying to get the mission done. So myself, you know, I'm guilty of it where you're, you've got that tunnel vision of you're going to this meeting, you're going to meet with these folks, you're going, and then you may see someone that's just not looking like their usual self, but you're still got that tunnel vision of you got to get this done. And it's just talking to leaders and making sure that we stop and we take the time and say, are you okay? You know, what's going on? Um, do, do we need to talk? And then pushing, you know, stopping for a moment and pushing whatever else is going on to just make sure that, you know, we're checking in on each other. Um, I'm also looking at uh, not only service member family care, but um, on the air side, we have Rico Brown, our director of psychological health, and he's very instrumental in trying to get out to the units and walking around and check on folks. Um, I'm trying to get out that that stigma of, you know, mental health is something that is, you know, uh, taboo, that we're not to talk about it, that we're not to, to ask each other or share or, you know, again, it is confidential, it is private, and it's um, people wanting to share. But I look at it no different than, and like I said in my ceremony, if um, you're going to the dentist, if I was to tell you guys right now, I got a dentist appointment, I'm not looking forward to, I got another cavity, people start sharing automatically their cavities, their root canal, or their worst story, or, or hey, you know, we, we all do that, or if I'm telling you I got fitness, and, and my knee, or my back, I mean, we start sharing, yeah, my back, my knee, and I got to go to the chiropractor, and I got to, you know, we do that, but when it comes to mental health, it's quiet, <laughs> you know, and we, it just needs to be addressed more that there's, there's life challenges that we all have, whether it's um, marriages, whether it's kids, whether it's um, our civilian jobs for those of us that are not here full time, um, school, you know. And I look at it as leaders that instead of always sharing with others our successes, we should also s share our failures. 
um, I failed a college course. <laughs> you know, I you know I've had to repeat. Um, my kids will tell you I, I'm you know I needed a license to be a parent because you know I don't know <laughs> the right things to do. Um, so <laughs> or, or to say you know <laughs> because again I'm like the tough love mom right and they're like sometimes mom we just need you to be more you know mm-hmm. nicer when when we're having a problem and it's like it it makes you take a step back to adjust on how you're doing things and 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 what you've learned in life and how you can improve, even at work, whether you've gotten a bad evaluation. And sometimes it just takes that to, to say, okay, I need to improve. So I just want us as leaders to um, look at sharing some of our struggles and some of our challenges because people need to know it's normal, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a death in the family, how some people can take a death, you know, and just press on others. That loss of life is devastating, and sometimes it just takes us a moment to um, to recover. Um, I'm a pet lover, you know, so there's people that hate pets, right? <laughs> My dog was to die. I mean, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. you are going to have to, you know, really check on me for a minute, you know? Mm-hmm. And others will say, it's a dog, you know, but not to me, right? Mm-hmm. So we just have to learn to, to um, understand one another when it comes to what's important to each other. So I've, um, like in the medical unit prior to me taking on this position, one of the things I would do is we'd have new people come into the unit. And what do we all do? Everyone says hi and whatever. But we still are in our little cliques where everybody's going to lunch with the same people. We're all, you know, um, just talking or whatever. But where's the new person, right, in the corner by themselves and, and awkward and not wanting to ask questions? I've, like, try to just make sure that I've incorporated that person into um, the unit. Um, I've played little fun games with um, trying, like I would say maybe three months after them being in there, just asking, okay, the first five people that are, that are been new to the unit, name someone that has a guinea pig or whatever, they can't tell you. So little things like that, I'm like, well, if you're taking the time to really know these folks, you'll know that they're the owner of a guinea pig, you know? Mm-hmm. So little things like that, that it brings us out of the uniform and into our lives, you know, after we leave to just try and connect and know one another better. Uh, we have daredevils, people that want to go skydiving and bungee jumping, <laughs> things that we don't talk about. So some of those things, you know, um, opening up about and talking to one another about it helps us know one another better. So that way when you see those changes and differences, you'll know that there's something that you need to to hone in on, hey, they're not talking about their favorite movies anymore. They're not, you know, um, talking about what they're going to do this weekend or they're not excited about this concert that they had bought tickets for. So you just start seeing those shifts and those changes. Same thing with relationships. Um, and something else that I've learned as um, a first sergeant previous to being a chief is that we all, whether we're leaders or not <laughs> or not leaders, we all need to check in on one another. Uh, First sergeants need first sergeants. Chiefs need chiefs. Mm -hmm. So just because we're in these roles doesn't mean we're not human. And so a lot of times people are afraid to show those vulnerabilities that they have in life. And I just feel like we have to hone in on that and do better with checking in on one another. So in my um, ceremony, that was just one of the keys that I am looking forward to getting out and talking to more folks because I was surprised. People are willing to share. Mm-hmm. We just don't have people asking. And so um, Command Sergeant Major Sample was making everyone carry the card, the 3 by 5 card, and mental health was one of those on that 3 by 5 card to get us used to asking one another, are you okay, checking in on each other. 
So that's one of the initiatives that I'm also after with going around and making sure that not only we're carrying the card, but that we're asking each other and we're not afraid to ask. And no one should be hopefully offended that someone's asking. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think we talked about it with Sergeant Major Kaiser, but you always remember, like for me, I remember the commanders, the first sergeants, the team leaders, the squad leaders who took the time to get to know me or if they knew I was having a bad day asking me how I how I'm doing or all that kind of stuff or mentoring me or I remember them over the ones who just showed up did their job and left and that's so impactful because that could make a difference of you having a bad day with all these negative thoughts and as an M-Day soldier you have your civilian life so you're you have two lives really that you're bringing together and having somebody that cares just just that little Mm. bit more can make the difference of them making a choice of being in a bad place or being in a good place so I'm really glad that you did bring that up and just to piggyback off of that having those leaders that did that kind of makes me feel like wow that's the type of leader that I want to be so I see that I and I do it myself Absolutely. So it's important for you to do that because you never know what effect you may have on the next generation or the next soldier that comes in. Right. So it's important. Because right. can you guys think about some of the failures that you had? I mean, I remember being terrified in tech school of if I failed tech school, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to go back home. And be sa- you know, like you think about those milestones in life that, you know, you're terrified of failure. But sometimes in life we have to have failure, but it's that recovery process. Sometimes you just need someone to say, you'll get it the next time, exactly. you know? Mm-hmm. Or you have the soldiers who are in school, and they're like, oh, I have a drill on a Friday, and I, how do I do both? And it's like, well, I've been there before, so let me tell you some of the things that I've done to help me um, balance both lives, because it's not easy. Right. <laughs> All right. Not. right. <laughs> so, right. you know, just having that, that conversation, like you said, not only talking about your success, but also talking about your struggles. Struggles, goes a long your way. challenges, your, right, mm-hmm. because we didn't get to be chiefs or first sergeants or, you know, officers. We, we, it just didn't happen overnight. We had to have bumps in the road and just sharing our stories on how we overcame it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And not only that, but also um, maybe not the military side, but as far as the civilian side, you could be going through the same struggles. Right like the loss of a loved one or school, trying to balance school, work, family, and being in the guard. Like right. a lot of people are going through the same things. Right. And so if they see you come to drill and like you're straightforward, like you, ha- it looks like you have everything put together and all that, right. but they don't know behind the scenes, like you're l- just trying to hold it all together. And right. one little thing could just set everything into a ripple effect. So like you said, it, getting out, talking to the soldiers and airmen, being more personable to them, and that really can make the difference. Um, I know you kind of talked about some examples, but is there any advice that you would give, whether it's lower enlisted, leadership, anybody, other types of tips and tricks or things to help them um, maybe in a fun, creative way do these types of things? Like to get to know one Yeah, other. like... Um, we do, like, team-building events. Um, I remember one of the team-building events I had um, participated in. They blindfolded us, and we had to go into a room and have somebody describe things for us to do. And it was a lesson on communication mm-hmm. because what someone was saying 
to do and what they meant yes, <laughs> was two different two different things. things. Mm-hmm. And so it was teaching us then that, yes, because we say it all the time, I told them that, I told them that, but they heard a totally different mm-hmm. <laughs> thing. So I thought that was a really good team building thing because it made us see as leaders and subordinates and peers that, you know, sometimes our messages are not clear <laughs> because if I'm saying go left two steps or whatever, was it two wide steps? Was it two baby steps? Was it? So mm-hmm. again, it, those, those little team building activities I think would really be great icebreakers for units and things that are struggling. Because the holidays are coming Oh, yeah, up. yeah. Um, if there are any resources, just because I know with the pandemic and stuff, it's been hard on pretty much, you know, everybody. So are there any resources um, that soldiers can go to on the air side or on the Army side or both that you know of that they can um, talk to if they have, you know, some issues about, you know, I guess, stressing about the holidays? No military one source outside of service member family care in um, Rico Brown's um, services is another avenue um, where they have tips. And I know on the DOD websites, they also have a lot of tips and things for the holidays because it does um, put a great stressor. Not everybody's happy during holiday season. Some Mm -hmm. people are sad because they've lost someone in that reminder that or you know, um, think of COVID, you know, all the people that were lost 2020, 2021 due to COVID or other issues, car accidents, um, just, just life, you know, um, old age, you know, maybe it's someone's grandmother or parent or they lost a child, or lost um, a job or right? Lost the job jobs are, you know, so I would just say I coming from active duty years ago, one of the things that I love that they did on active duty basis was they invited, they had people that knew that, they were spending the holidays alone that, you know, self-reported, hey, I don't have anybody that, uh, to spend the holidays with, and families welcomed them into their home. You know, uh, I thought that was awesome. And I, kn- I know, you know, guard, it's different. But um, one of the things on the civilian side, when I worked at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, they y- opened up their dining facility for Thanksgiving and for Christmas for people that did not have folks to spend time with at home. That way they could all still come to the cafeteria where it was open, and they sat and just had the same, you know, festivities there. Um, so I thought those were nice initiatives, and I'm hoping that. I know it's too soon now to do that, but I'm hoping in the years to come that we can do things like that for folks that don't have someone want to spend the holidays with so yeah because you know relationships it's it's harder people that have to send their kids off because of the co-parenting things I mean so some people struggle because they don't have their children with them you know for the holidays and so you know and like me my family's in Chicago so as far as you know my mom brothers you know sisters things like that so it's hard sometimes when people don't have the immediately family and so guard families it's different because a lot of times people have grown up in these communities but for people like me that have nothing to do with South Carolina other than you know work it's different you know so but I don't mind driving you know and coming out to where where people are but maybe we can do something like that I don't know if Fort Jackson has something like that but maybe that's something that we could look into to see if Fort Jackson has something going on like that. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, I always forget about Fort Jackson. Yeah, right. <laughs> Until someone brings it up, I'm or like, even oh, yeah, Shaw, down the or road. even Shaw. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So just to see what our sister bases are doing to to make people not spend the time alone. Yeah. Now, um, what are what do you think are ways that we could come together as a guard? Because, like we were saying earlier, we we're so army heavy, and how can we get Air Force? How can we join it together so it's not just this is strictly Air Force, this is strictly Army, 
like h- how do you think there's ways that we could do to improve on that? I just came out of a meeting where that's what <laughs> was hitting <laughs> home um, because they were like, well, the Army said yes and the Air Force said no. I said, well, why wasn't that meeting together so that way the pros and cons mm-hmm. could be talked about, mm-hmm. the, why the Army said yes or no or whoever, and that way because maybe it was topics that they hadn't thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just came out of that meeting on my way here. Um, I just think um, I know some of the armories that I went around and spoke to, and then I also go to the Chiefs Council um, on the air side, and I continue to ask for the shops themselves to reach out to one another, like PA reaching out to PA, mm-hmm. medical reaching out to medical, engineers, re- you know, that way that crosstalk can take place. What I would love, too, to see in the future is that when people have to miss drills, not on purpose, of course, where they're, you know, but if there's a drill that they have to miss, that maybe the makeup is with the other branch. Oh, I love that yeah. idea. So yeah. that that's just, my, again, I'm not king, yeah. right? I'm not yeah. king. I'm just enlisted, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, so we got, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but just that way you're working in that shop, you yeah. know, and and you see what they bring to the fight. They mm-hmm. can learn from you, and I mean, it just seems like why not? You know, why aren't we doing you that? Have the resources, uh, yeah. right? We're all right here, and I do know that some of the army, of course, they're spread out all over the place. May not want to drive all the way to McIntyre mm-hmm. to do the air weekend, but maybe they are willing. You know, so if we don't ask, we don't know. But I'm just hoping that we could reach out and then maybe um, the folks that are spread out, like if the air is missing, maybe they're willing to drive to Spartanburg or Anderson or whatever and work with those those units and just bring, you know, that that unity. So I'm hoping that, you know, that's the way that we can go in the future as far as, you know, just picking up the phone and reaching out to each other. Conferences, of course, you know, not letting everybody sit in their groups. It's like should be air in the army mm-hmm. of the same, <laughs> you know, you guys sit at that table, talk to one another. Okay, you guys sit, you know, that way we can, you know, make sure that we're forcing those relationships in a way if people are not picking up the phone to reach out. Yeah. But I know we all have our tunnel. We've got to get the mission done. We don't have time to go play with the Air Force. We don't have time to play with the Army, but we've got to because – my thing is, when we're called up, <laughs> we're called up as the South Carolina National Guard. Mm-hmm. And we should not be getting to know each other then. Mm-hmm. We should be doing that before. Because when times are stressed like that, that's not when you want to try and put people together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because yeah. like the Army wants us to do it their way. The Air Force <laughs> is not, you know, and that's so we need to have those relationships built, you know, ahead of time. So that way we're in lockstep when the community sees us, when our nation sees us. Yeah, I love that. Like, yeah. I, I honestly, because I don't think Army people don't realize that all Air Force, as far as I know, understand, they all drill at McIntyre. Right. So they don't have units close to them where they can go and drill for the weekend. Like, every Air Force person in the South Carolina National Guard drills yeah. at McIntyre. So if there is a reason for them to have to split train and somebody lives in Charleston and there's a unit that's that same MOS – that would make sense for them to go and be able to right. work with that unit and learn what they're doing. Um, or even like a lot of the army units have uh, annual training at Matt McCready. Mm-hmm. And so like air force coming to McCready or them going to like, and that would be a good time for people to, um, to link up as well. And one thing I didn't know till your ceremony was that, so like the army has the RSP program and, um, the Air Force does something similar, but they actually let their recruits work with the units they're going right. to be a part of. Right. And I was like, that is amazing because you get on-the-job training. You're going to know who right. your people are when you get back. Right. And I'm like, why can't we do that? Right. Like, that's perfect. 
And it has its pros and cons. Yeah. Some people say they're not trained yet. They can't. Okay, well. They got to learn get, somehow. Right, yeah. right. Because when I, you go to AT <laughs> or AIT and all that, like, you're learning the bare bones. Right. So but think of how advanced they are when they get exactly. to that course. Mm-hmm. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's like a breeze because they've been doing it, waiting on a school date for a year. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and many times you what you learn in AIT is not what you are actually doing. Oh, uh, right. yes. So it's like, right. okay, you know, you get both the best of both worlds. Right, thing, so. right. Yeah, so, that's right. awesome. But um, before we close out, is there anything else that you would like to add or just anything in general about anything really? I would just like to say suicide or mental health awareness is is something that um, we're never going to be able to shy away from having to hit it head on. We have got to address it. We've got to not be afraid of it. We've got to just ask the tough questions um, when we're seeing changes in, in folks that, you know, are working with us. And so and it doesn't matter what the position is. No one should feel that they can't ask me, are you doing okay? You heard your daughter, you know, you know, flunked another college course or whatever. Are you okay? Yeah, my budget's not, but <laughs> I am, you know. So <laughs> so I just want to, to just share that, that it, it's just okay to need help, and we shouldn't be afraid to ask. We've got to get away from that stigma that, that you know, asking for help is a bad thing mm-hmm. so awesome well we really appreciate you stopping by hopefully we can have you come in soon again yes thank you for having me i, I did you know did like coming in and seeing your setup here this is a great studio and <laughs> thank hopefully you. we can do some more to spoof it up for you so but thank you guys for what you do yes thank, thank you, you so much um So if you guys like this video, make sure you give it a big thumbs up. If you haven't subscribed to our channel, make sure you hit the subscribe button, and we will catch you guys in the next episode.